0: Good evening, please open your Bibles up to First Peter chapter 1, as we're reading there in just a moment tonight. Uh, so last week we saw the first two verses of First Peter chapter 1, and we were able to be a peculiar people and stand out from the world and its sin and its wickedness um, as in this world all around us. And we also saw how the Lord has a desire to, a desire and a plan to, uh, for our lives to conform us to the image of His Son. And finally we saw how uh, our, salva- our salvation it's only by the blood of Christ and how it's nothing that we can do, nothing that we have done, that gets us our standing with God. But now we're going to move on in the book of 1 Peter and look at the uh, the verses following uh, those first two verses. So read me in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 12, as that is our text for tonight. And the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to His abundant mercy, hath begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance uncorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice through though now. "...though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ." "...whom having not seen, ye love, in whom thou now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have uh, inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied the grace uh, that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of, of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow." unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, uh, which are the things that angels desire to look unto. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to preach and the opportunity to be here in church. Lord, I pray that... um, Your word would not return void, Lord, and that you would uh, help me as I preach, and help me to say only what you'd have me to say, Lord, nothing more, nothing less. And thank you for everything you've done for us, and thank you for loving us, and I pray. Amen. So in this passage, we see that uh, Peter is writing about our salvation and how we have an incorruptible inheritance. He then starts writing on the trying of our faith and the reason that the Lord has for the trying of our faith in our lives. And then we uh, also see how Christ was proclaimed in both the Old and the New Testament, as Christians, we oft- oftentimes we get our focus off of eternal things, and we can stop praising the Lord for our salvation, and we can get our minds on temporal things of this world. And it's also very easy for us to begin to complain about the trying of our faith, and we can start to get mad or even uh, ra- mad about rather than rejoicing and allowing the Lord to work in our lives during those times. And finally, we can also see... Uh, also, at times, in our, we slack in our personal sharing of the gospel. And these things should not be so. And tonight, we're going to look at ways from this text um, that we can remember our salvation and praise God for it, how we can rejoice in trials, allowing God to work in us through it, and how we can be better at sharing the gospel with others, uh, which brings me to point number one tonight, attending faith. Uh, in verses 3 through 5, read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which accounting, according unto his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, that, and that fadeth not away, reserved for, in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time." We can see here in these verses that it is God the Father that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ has given us the gift of salvation. And we can see in in, uh, verse number three that the Lord uh, should Uh, The Lord should be blessed for this, and He is the one who offers salvation to us for free. Now, uh, this term of blessing the Lord would commonly have a meaning of us praising Him and thanking Him and worshiping Him. And all through the Bible, uh, there are plenty of times where we are commanded to be thankful and praise the Lord and worship Him for many things. And we are seeing that God the Father should be blessed as He is the one who, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus offers us our salvation and an incorruptible inheritance that does not fade away and is reserved for us in heaven. And this brings me to letter A, a permanent praising. Uh, we should be praising the Lord for all that he has done for us within our lives, which would obviously include our salvation. The Bible says in Psalm 117, 1 through "Oh praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord." We are all commanded here, hence the term, all ye nations and all ye people, to praise the Lord because of his kindness and because of his truth, which endures forever. Amen. We should be praising the Lord for our salvation and for all the other blessings he has given us in our lives here on earth. All of these blessings, especially our salvation, uh, is not earned by our own doings, as we see here in 1 Peter uh, 1.3, when it says that it is through the uh, resurrection of Christ, I know I'm speaking to a Sunday night crowd tonight, but it's still important to note our salvation is not earned by anything that uh, we have done or anything that we can ever do. Uh, if our salvation was something that we could earn by ourselves, then the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ would not have been necessary. And we, we would, oh God, no thanks for our salvation. Rather, we'd be able to earn it ourselves, and we'd be the one thanking ourselves for that salvation. Uh, rather, we would be the ones uh, thanking ourselves, but we are not able to earn it because we will never... Um, because, goodness, sorry, but we are not able to earn it, and we, we never will be able to, because we all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. We should be praising the Lord for our salvation and the many other things that Christ has done for us in our daily lives. Uh, I fear that oftentimes in our prayer lives, we don't thank the Lord as we should specifically for our salvation. I mean, especially if an individual has been saved for a longer amount of time, it's easier for someone to uh, in a way, get used to our salvation, and it has less of a. Um, they remember it less every day in their day-to-day lives, and I know there are some people in this room who have been saved longer than I've been alive, and I know even uh, for myself, it sometimes I forget to thank the Lord for my salvation on a day-to-day basis, as we are um, sometimes can tend to look over that. Um, it can be easy for us to get used to the fact that we are saved and have received, and received the amazing wonderful gift of salvation through the shed of blood of Christ. Uh, this can then lead to us not thinking about our salvation on a day-to-day basis and we can eventually stop being grateful for it and stop praising the Lord for it. We should make a point each and every day of our lives and our prayer lives that we should spend time praising the Lord and praising Him specifically for our salvation during that. And we also see in Psalm 117 that we are commanded to praise the Lord. Praising God is not just a suggestion uh, or a suggestion or a commandment for when we're having a particularly good day, or a commandment for some people who are just more cheerful and happy in nature. No, it's a commandment for everyone. We are commanded to praise the Lord. We all have incredible blessings that the Lord has given us, and God does, does deserve the thanks and the praise for that. I mean, all of us here tonight are at church. All of us have a means to get to church. All of us have a home and a family. We all have things to praise the Lord for, and if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, then you have your salvation to praise him for as well. Um, And this brings me to letter B, a permanent inheritance found in verse 4. We can see here in verse number 4 that God the Father, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, has given us an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, and never fades away, and reserved for us in heaven. The Bible says in Romans 8, chapter 8, verses 16 through 18, The Spirit itself beareth witness that our, with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of Christ, the joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that all the sufferings of, the, of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We can see here in this passage that we are children and heirs of God and will too be glorified with Christ and that the sufferings that we experience in this world will not even be comparable to the glories that we will experience uh, that will be revealed to us later on. And this brings me to the final part of uh, of verse 4 which tells us that the permanent inheritance is something that is revealed to us. Uh, in Heaven, in our salvation, our home in heaven is secured for us, and that inheritance as uh, we are the children and heirs of God, is incorruptible and cannot fade away. Yes. And one of the, th- the things that we will inherit in this glor- um, in this is our glorified bodies. Here on earth, I think we can all admit that our bodies uh, are not perfect, whether it's injuries, age or sickness. but in the future, we will all inherit glorified bodies. The Bible says in Philippians 3, verse 20 to 21, For our conversation is in heaven, from once also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself." The glorified bodies that we are going to be given um, are going to be like the glorified body that Christ has after he ascended into heaven. This means that these glorified bodies that we will uh, get are perfect and have no flaws in them whatsoever. So obviously, after looking into this, um, obviously everyone will look just like me. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> so when I, uh, at the ripe old age of 20, roll out of bed in the morning and beginning to feel my age, I'm and, Looking forward to the glorified body that we will inherit one day in heaven, we will no longer have uh, those problems. Our bodies will be perfect. We'll no longer suffer um, repercussions of age or injuries or sickness. Um, our bodies will be perfect, and we won't have to deal with those anymore. Moving on to verse uh, 5, we want to later see a permanent salvation. In verse 5, uh, we see that in our salvation, we are kept by the power of God. Uh, we saw that Christ was the one that paid for our salvation with the shedding of his blood, and now we can see that his sal- that this salvation was purchased by his blood is a permanent inheritance, meaning that we have a gift forever and that we cannot lose it. The Bible says um, in John 19.30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. When Christ yelled this out, the phrase, it is finished. He was proclaiming that salvation had been paid for in full. The blood, of, the blood that he shed there on the cross um, that he was uh, still hanging from had, been paid, had paid for all the sins, past, present, and future, of every single individual, past, present, and future. Uh, because of this, every single one of our sins have already been paid for. And if we have accepted Christ as our Savior, then every single one of these uh, sins is forgiven from us and is separated from us as far as the East is from the West. And Christ has paid for every one of our sins, including the ones that we uh, have done since getting saved, and also the sins that we are yet to commit in our lives. Then how would these sins somehow not be strong enough to cause us to lose our salvation? They can't. They're already paid for. The salvation that we have through Christ is permanent and is something that we cannot lose. Christ paid for it in full, um, paying for every single sin. When we doubt our salvation or believe that we are capable of losing ourselves, we are doubting the blood of Christ was powerful enough to pay for it when Christ said, it is finished. There is nothing that any of us can do to lose our salvation. The blood of Christ and the love of God the Father are both too strong for any of us to be able to lose that salvation that is given unto us. As Christians, we are adopted into the family of Christ. Uh, this adoption that was uh, spoken of in this time that the New Testament was written um, was, uh, was when someone would enter another family, and that was permanent. That, that, that entering into a new family could not change. When we are adopted into, Christ, into God's family, that is something that cannot change. We are permanently have our standing with God. We are permanently saved. We always have our salvation. However, there are times when we are living our lives in sin that we lose some of that fellowship with God, and our standing uh, with Christ does not change. We're still saved. Nothing can change that. However, sometimes um, uh, we will, we will ha- stop receiving the blessings of God. We'll, um, Lord will um, use means to bring us closer to him. Um, you know, as, um, so I, I have parents, in case you guys didn't know. Um, and nothing uh, I can do can ever change the fact that I am their son. Nothing can change that. However, sometimes when, you know, I, I think I'm perfect, but sometimes they, they claim otherwise. Uh, there are times that uh, I can upset them or, or make a mistake or do something wrong. And that can make them frustrated me or anger with me to the point where, you know, conversation isn't like, isn't me walking inside and saying, hey, how's it going? You know, it's kind of a little more... Um, some uh, other feelings between there as well. Um, but, and the thing, same thing can be somewhat with our salvation. We, can make, we we all sin. We're all sinners. But that sin does not separate us from God and the fact that, we're not, that it changes our salvation. We're always saved. However, sometimes that can affect our fellowship with God, which is why it's important to uh, live for Christ and to not live our lives in sin and to repent of the sin that we do commit um, so far so far tonight, we've saw number one, attending faith. But moving on to point number two tonight, we see a tried faith in verses six through nine, which read, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be ye, are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. We can see in these Uh, three verses that our faith will indeed be tried. We also see the reason for this trying as well as the fact that we should be rejoicing during the trying of our faith, which brings me to letter one, a persistent joy, which is found in verse six. Uh, We see that we should be greatly rejoicing from the incorruptible inheritance and from the fact that we are kept by the power of God. We also see that we might for a season or a short time be in heaviness through manifold temptations but we should be uh, also rejoicing in when we are experiencing temptations or the trying of our faith. Yeah, you know, I'm not the smartest person out there, and I'm smart, but I am smart smart enough to know that facing difficult things uh, in our lives is not fun or enjoyable. It can be really uh, hard to rejoice during those times. However, if we don't feel like rejoicing, we are still commanded to rejoice. We can, even during times of temptation, rejoice in our uncomfortable Incorruptible inheritance that was mentioned in the verses prior. We can also rejoice in the um, results that ultimately come from these temptations and trials in our lives. The Bible says in James 1 2 through 4, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. We can see in this passage that when our faith is being tried, we should be counting it as joy, and we should also be, um, but then we also see why we should be counting this as joy when our faith is being tried. This is because the trying of our faith brings patience as a result. Following that, we are commanded to let patience have our perfect work so that we can be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Um, So the word perfect here is um, is referring more to the idea of spiritual maturity, not sinless perfection that we might think. I will touch uh, more on this in just a few moments, but I'd like to point out, uh, make the point right now that we are clearly commanded to rejoice in our trials and our temptations. We can rejoice in the fact that we have an incorruptible inheritance reserved for us in heaven, even when we are facing difficult situations right now, and that we also Uh, can rejoice in the trials themselves, knowing that if we rejoice in them now and allow God to work uh, in us through them, they'll bring forth spiritual maturity in us. And on the topic of trying of our faith, this brings me to letter B, a persistent trying. It's apparent in verse uh, 7 that there will be trying of our faith, but we also get an insight to the reason as to why we have to go through the trying of our faith We can see in verse 7 that our faith is being compared to gold, which is far less precious than our faith. But this gold um, that is being mentioned here is being tried by fire. Now, the reason that gold is being tried this way is to help purify the gold, removing other imperfections and impurities that were in it. And I found that in a book, so I know it's true. (laughs) <laughs> this process uh, would then re- perfect the gold, making it stronger, making it look better. This way, when the gold was melted down uh, to make, that, make those gold medals that I always win, uh, it would look better and would receive honor and praise. The same th- sort of thing uh, can be seen in the trying of our faith. The trying of our faith um, is going to be a painful process at uh, times, such as the fire, or the, the fire that um, is used to try the gold is really hot. The trying of our faith is not always going to be a pleasant thing. However, the process is going to purify us slowly, removing impurities and imperfections in us. It's going to be removing sin from our lives that the Lord needs to get out of the way so he can use us in a better way. The Lord is going to work in our lives to conform us to the image of his son. And one of the ways that he does this is through um, trying us. The Bible says in Romans 8, to 29, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. We see there that God uses these things for good. It doesn't say that all things are good, but all things, um, he uses these things for good to conform us to the image of his Son. The Lord wants to try us so that we can be purified, and He can remove the sin and the imperfections from our lives to help us be uh, more like Christ. But at the end of the of verse 7 uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 is when we see the result of this purification. Uh, just like as gold is purified, so that it is unto honor and praise by man, our faith is tried and purified so that it is so that it might be found unto praise and honor at the glory at the and glory at the appearing of Christ Jesus, of Jesus Christ. we should be living our lives uh, with an eternal mindset, looking forward to the appearing of Jesus Christ, and living our lives uh, in a way that would bring honor and glory to him when, this, when he appears. And speaking of the appearing of Jesus Christ, this brings me to uh, letter C, a persistent hope um, we see here that even though we have not seen Jesus Christ we believe in him and that we even, and that we can rejoice with unspeakable joy and then in verse 9 we see that the reason uh, why we can have why have this rejoicing and this joy this is because we have received we will receive sorry the end of our faith even the salvation of our souls. Unlike those in this world around us, we can live our lives with hope because we know that we have Jesus Christ and the salvation that he offers through his death, burial, and resurrection. When we are facing the, the trying of our faith or when we are just going through a really hard time in our lives that we are tempted to feel like we have nothing to praise God for, we still have the hope of our salvation that we can look forward to uh, to the day when our faith becomes sight and when we meet the Lord in heaven. Uh, and now we have touched on uh, salvation and glorified bodies tonight Uh, So, for the sake of time, we'll move on to number three tonight, a testified faith in verses 10 through 12. Uh, Let's see here, which read, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied the grace uh, that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of the time the Spirit of Christ, uh, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down upon sent down from heaven, which things the angels desired to look into. We can see uh, in these verses, uh, the salvation that is offered through Jesus Christ is being testified now as well as in times past. Now, even before Christ came to this earth, there are plenty of times in the Bible uh, before, uh, that Christ, before Christ, his coming, his crucifixion, and his resurrection um, are all pro- pro- prophesied sorry, in the Old Testament. And Christ is definitely being told of in those times. Which brings me right into letter A, a past testifying in verses 10 and 11. In the Old Testament, there are many times that a coming Messiah is prophesied, and even some more details about him, such as where he'll be born, uh, his death, and his resurrection are all prophesied. Even, through, even though the people uh, in the Old Testament did not know Jesus Christ, as we do, they still had faith and believed in the promise that God had given to them, and they believed in a coming Messiah. And they looked at these promises and had faith in a coming Messiah who would save them from their sins, just as we read the scriptures which contain God' promises, and we believe in a Messiah that already came. We see in uh, verse 11 that, in the, that those in the Old Testament heard the prophecies of Christ, including his sufferings and his glory. Now, we could spend all night here looking uh, at the times, all the times that Christ was prophesied uh, in the Old Testament. I need to get to McDonald's before it closes. So we're going to look at uh, one of these tonight in Isaiah 53, 1-7. through uh, which reads, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire, desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We, and we hid as were our faces from him and was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely we... Uh, He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes were we healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of of us all, who was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth... He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before uh, the shearers is dumb, So he opened not his mouth. That passage clearly is a prophecy of, of uh, the coming Christ and the sufferings that he was going to go through uh, in his life. How he would be silent during his trial and how he would be sacrificed for us. And these kinds of prophecies... Uh, uh, and these are the kind of prophecies that those in the Old Testament had. These were what they believed in regarding the coming Messiah and what they had based their faith on. But in addition to these prophecies about Christ in the Old Testament, there were also many pictures of Christ in the Old Testament as well. Uh, one of these pictures of Christ can be seen in Exodus 17, when Moses strikes a rock and water comes out of the rock, providing water for the children of Israel. Um, Later, in 1 Corinthians 101 uh, through4, Paul writes, "Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye, that ye should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud that, and all that passed through the sea, and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud in the sea, and did all eat in the same spiritual meat and did drink all drink from the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that flowed, that followed them, that rock was Christ." Now, if these individuals could have the faith to take uh, all these prophecies and believe in a coming Messiah, we have no excuse uh, to not be able to look back at the entirety of the Word of God, all those prophecies that were given about, the, about Christ, seeing them all be fulfilled perfectly in the New Testament, and then seeing the changed lives of all the individuals here tonight, we have no reason not to believe in a Messiah who already came for us. This shows that that the rock was a picture of Christ and his providing for his people. The Lord still made promises of a coming Messiah, gave the people of the Old Testament pictures of Christ, and even provided prophets to proclaim him. But now let's take a look at uh, the testifying of Christ in the New Testament, Bring the letter B, a present testifying, which is seen in verse 12. Much of the New Testament, especially the four Gospels, is filled with the proclaiming of Christ as the Messiah. Uh, see in the Old Testament there are all the prophecies of the coming Messiah, but in the New Testament we get to see all these prophecies be fulfilled, and we get to see how the Messiah came and how he died and rose again. We also see how men traveled all over the world proclaiming Christ and the salvation that he brought. A few moments ago we looked at the at a prophecy that was made about Christ in Isaiah 53. Uh, we're going to take a moment here to look at the prophecy which was given there and find areas in the New Testament that show this prophecy being fulfilled. Now again, we'll be looking at every single uh, bit of this for the sake of time tonight. But we see uh, in verse 3 of Isaiah 53 that he is despised and rejected of men. Uh, in Mark chapter 6, 1-4, through 4, the Bible says, and, we, and he went out thence he being Jesus, and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when he, the Sabbath day was came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man uh, these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? And even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Is, this not, the carp- is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and... Uh, and Joseph and Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him, and Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Now, there are many other times in the Bible that Christ was rejected by his own people, but that is a prime example we can see when Christ was rejected and not and not accepted as the Messiah. Um, so that is a fulfillment of the prophecy of he was uh, rejected. And skipping over to verse number five of Isaiah fifty-three, we see that it is being prophesied that Christ will be wounded and bruised for our iniquities, uh, that will be healed, and we will be healed by his stripes. And in the New Testament, New Testament and, uh, uh, in a lot of, in all the Gospels, and specifically in Mark fifteen sixteen to forty-one, the beatings and crucifixion of Christ, which um, I'm sure, if not. I'm sure most, if not everyone in this room is very familiar with. Um, the, Bible shows, um, the Bible shows us in Ephesians 1, 7, that through his blood we are saved. So we see this, the fulfillment of the prophecy here that he was um, beat and he had sufferings and we were healed um, by his stripes. And perhaps you're asking yourself, well, I already um, believe that Christ is the Messiah and he has come to earth to die um, and save man. So how is this useful to me? Well, having a basic knowledge of these prophecies that are found in the Old Testament is still very important, uh, as well as their fulfillment in the New Testament, um, as it can be very beneficial when witnessing to someone. Uh, I've spoken to people who believe that Christ was just an ordinary man, or perhaps a good teacher, um, or they just believe that the Bible was written by an ordinary man and was not inspired by God. But knowing these prophecies can help show that Christ is the Son of God, as we can see all the prophecies in the Old Testament... That commonly were given, and we can see exactly how they are fulfilled one by one by Christ. Um, and it can be, show a huge amount of continuity in the Word of God and how it does not contradict itself, farther proving its inspiration of in God. Um, but reading farther, we see uh, in verse 12 of 1 Peter 1, we see letter C, a personal testifying. We see in verse 12 that uh, we hear the gospel of Christ through preaching. Now it's important to remember that while the gospel is powerful and that the blood of Christ is shed, uh, that was shed on the cross, pays for the sins of man. In order for someone to be saved, they first must hear the gospel. The Bible says in Romans ten fourteen, "How then shall they call upon Him in, uh, in whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe on Him if, if believe in Him of whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher?" Now, I know and understand that not everyone in this room is called to a uh, position of preaching behind a pulpit or called to be a missionary or something of that case. However, we are all called to preach the gospel in one way or another. We are all called and commanded to share the gospel with those around us. The Great Commission does not only apply to missionaries or to pastors or church staff or to deacons or to those who feel like doing it. No, it applies to all of us. Now, while it's good for us to uh, meet here uh, at the Church for Soul winning on Thursday nights and Saturday mornings, to have a time of organized uh, soul winning as what's scheduled gets done, it's still important that sharing the gospel with those around us is a regular part of our lives. Uh, while we go to the store and get, um, and get food somewhere, while we're doing our last-minute Christmas shopping as I was doing today, we're waiting in line we can hand someone a, a gospel tract and tell them about the Lord. Um, we can even tell our friends and our neighbors about Christ. People will not hear the gospel unless someone tells them. So why would we think that we should not be the ones to have to tell them? Aren't you grateful that someone at some point in your life had shared the gospel with you? Amen. Amen. So in conclusion tonight, we saw attending faith. We saw uh, how our salvation is um, given to us and how it is a, a permanent salvation, how we cannot lose it and it is paid for by Christ. We saw a tried faith and how... Uh, our, our faith will be tried in our lives, and how God has a plan for that trying, and how he plans to use that as gold is purified in a fire, how he plans to uh, use that to conform us to the image of his Son. And we saw a testified faith, how we are uh, commanded to share the gospel with others, and how uh, Christ was proclaimed in both the Old and the New Testament. So if you stand to your feet tonight with every head bowed and every eye, eye closed, we're going to move into a uh, time of invitation tonight. Perhaps the Lord is speaking to you uh, about trusting that it is Christ who paid for our sins and that is not of ourselves and remembering our incorruptible inheritance and our salvation that we cannot lose. Or maybe he is speaking to you about the trying of our faith and the rejoicing uh, in that and trusting that, uh, that he is going to use that to purify and mold us. Or perhaps the Lord is speaking to you about personally sharing the gospel with others or perhaps there's even one in this room uh, who has not yet accepted Christ as their personal Savior. If that is the case, I would encourage you in just a moment when uh, the piano begins to play, so you get my attention when to show you from the Word of God how you can know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Uh, these steps uh, down here can be used uh, as an altar right there in your seat where you can uh, do business with the Lord tonight.